All right, no more talk about weight. Are we ready? Are we ready to drop in the crooked hand? I guess we could. We can just go right to it. No, no pre-show today. Go right to it. Let's do it. Pre-show ramble. Boom. Done. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of Black Hills Information Security, talking about news. As always, this is brought to you by Black Hills Information Security. We do security stuff. Need to get hacked? Think you're hacked? Trying to prevent yourself from getting hacked? Come check out Black Hills Information Security for all your hacking needs. It is also brought to you by Anti-Siphon InfoSec Training. Hey, do you want security training that doesn't cost you like your kidney or maybe your liver? Because <laughs> you can totally do without that. Check out Anti-Siphon InfoSec Training. All of the awesome, but like at an affordable, gentle cost. And we're also the home of pay what you can training because we actually do give a shit about the community. All right. So I am joined today. We've got an illustrious crew as always. We've got Ryan making us look and sound better than we have any right to. We have Bronwyn who's got that beautiful blue hue. Um, she's not full Jedi because the lights are on. Uh, we have Mike as <laughs> always. Mike, I love the disorganized desk in the background. Oh, we got a mug there. What's the team on the mug? Nebraska. Oh, there you go. Nebraska Huskers. We aren't going to let that sway our judgment of you. Um, we have Ian, <laughs> who I actually met in the flesh when I was down in Florida, because that's weird. Indeed. Uh, waiting through logs has joined us, but his mustache has decided to take today's show off. Ooh. Um, speaking of mustaches and beards that never quit, we are also joined by Ralph and Corey. Corey, dude, I'm just going to ask, are you Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm I'm not shaving because shaving just sounds so much work. It's it's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You look like you should be walking around listening to 70s love songs like in a park somewhere sadly at the moment. He's, he's been working on a thing for like 6 months just a heads up oh, everybody. You're just all going to be He's going to be full BGs by Christmas. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Crypto founder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you look like you started a social media company or a crypto that's company. The sickest burnout. That's it. That's an insult now. Yeah, that yeah, used to be that, cool. That, like, that, yeah, now like, it's not. Sh- no. Shit just got real. Now you're All right, well, let's jump straight into the news stories. The first one I want to talk about is hackers dump Australian health records online after the insurer refuses to pay ransom. And I just want to say, like, the attackers that did that, you are a holes. Like, you are not good people. I understand the whole thing about how you need to make a living. And if you don't actually hold people accountable, then people decide that they don't have to pay and all of those things. But you literally broke it down into naughty and nice lists. And you broke it down for people who have addiction, eating disorders. Um, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's, that's an a-hole move. Uh, it absolutely is. And I know that by calling it out, maybe the, the wrath will come against us, but seriously, not cool. Um, I'm not saying that ransomware and what attackers do is normally cool, but that's that's not hurting your your the people that didn't secure their stuff. That's literally hurting random bystanders. And once again, totally not cool. Angel D said uh, infosec rules broke, and I don't know if there were any infosec rules that we expected people to follow. But giving people 24 hours and then releasing it after 24 hours is just like I said, you're already criminals, but now you're just not nice criminals. Um, losing respect there. So I, I, I kind of agree with with Angel there in in that not that there's rules necessarily that were broken, but when I teach my class about cut some of the more criminal business elements about ransomware and whatnot, I tell I tell them not only official business or an unofficial business never 
break the machine that makes money. And those mafia type folks that run those types of APT enterprises, that group doing that and now suddenly broke the machine. Yes. That's the machine they broke. And you know, people now, I mean, seriously, if you're an insurance company, they're like, you're screwed. They're going to release it anyway. So why pay? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. I, I like, I, I don't think that that's a positive. I mean, I don't think ransomware, any of the attacks are a positive progression in the security community at all, yeah. but I, uh, yeah. I also think that, like you said, how they package it up, like having a file called psycho.csv is just crossing a line. Like that's just mean that like, if you just if you give the data by itself, okay, that's a dick move. But like taking it one step further and being like, oh, by and the pre- way, we filled filtering it, right? Refiltering it to be like, oh, by the way, if you're looking for people that you can target with mental health related social engineering, like that just seems unnecessary to me. Yes, I agree. And and Eric G said you cannot expect extortionists to have ethics beyond self preservation. I'm going to take a little bit of an issue with that. I mean, we have seen ransomware groups that have gained access to like healthcare or educational records or like elementary schools. And they have literally publicly announced, we are not going to release this because we have some moral standards that we need to abide by. And I think I come from an old school concept of hacking where you go back to like the early days of hacking and yes, they were breaking into stuff. Yes, it was wrong. Yes, it was illegal. But I honest to God felt like there was some lines they would not cross. And this is kind of starting to cross those lines and it's bad. That's all. I mean, I'd also like to say that even if you, even if you take the most cynical approach, this is how you get targeted by law enforcement. Yeah. Like this is how, this is how you get your door kicked down like tomorrow. It's not agreed. But as Ian was saying, it's not just law enforcement, Corey. It's also the rest of the hacking community because we have seen these hacking groups whenever they start going outside of the sandbox and they start crossing lines the attacking community does actually do some self-regulation because this is going to hurt quote-unquote business Mm -hmm. or other hacking communities and they absolutely can't. um, You you cross those lines and they're going to come after you for sure. And it seems like these particular hackers, they went out of their way to go above and beyond the whole a-hole, jackhole move. They, yes. yes, First they they hack a health Health organization, come on, this is something where we're dealing with people's lives, not just their bank account, not a whole bunch of super wealthy people who have more money than cents. These are people who are trying to stay alive. And then they've taken it to the utmost and they've labeled it with the psycho.csv. Come on, there's insult, there's injury, and then there's this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the scariest thing that comes out of this is where this story kind of came up in my in my dying bird sight feed is, <laughs> is right is it, it came to me as this includes people who had, you know, necessary medical procedures such as abortions and crazier than that, it's not always the people that had them. It's the policy holders. So even if you do have a problem with that, and that's not a discussion we want to get into, but even if you do have a problem with that, we know there's been violent acts targeted against specific people. This could lead to real blowback, real actual physical hurt for people that had no, you know, no desire or no, no reason for that to be public. Yeah. 
Yep, agreed. What a, agreed. So, what are what are the regulations in Australia for releasing this data? Because it does say they have no insurance, cyber insurance, right? So, is this company gone? Does anyone know anything about I that? I don't think so. I mean, this this gets into the bigger question of does anybody give a shit? Yeah, I know that the stuff is out there. I know that there's people that have the ability to sift through that data. I know that there's going to be negative consequences, but are they going to be on a scale that the rest of the community, the rest of the world even sees that? You know, it's getting to the point with this type of thing, kind of like what Ian was talking about and uh, Corey was talking about too, like mental health extortion or taking advantage of people that have mental health issues already. Granted, this is a big story because it's a big number. But I think the thing that sucks is like the little travesties that will happen after this, where people start targeting people with mental health issues and starting to go after those. That's not going to make the news, right? Like that's not going to be a big enough story that anyone gives a shit. And I, I, th- I think that that comes back to one of those things that we've been talking about on the show the past couple of times that I've been on when I've been on that scares the hell out of me. You know, what actually is something that moves the needle um, in the industry enough to where things actually start getting better and we won't see the little small tragedies that happen based on this particular breach. I mean, I just feel bad for Australia. I feel like they're about to go through a cybersecurity revolution. Just they've been hit so hard recently with the Optus mm-hmm. ISP was breached. This is really bad. I think there was another one recently as well that I might be forgetting. They just really for some reason the country of Australia has been in the spotlight in the worst way and it's not it's not even the companies that are suffering, it's the people themselves. That's the worst part. So if, if there's anything, I'd like to put this out there. If there's anything, if you're Australian and your data is in this breach, feel free to get in touch. We have lots of people at uh, Black Hills and within our community that can help with like cha- making, making, doing investigations, determining the scope of what's out there, and well, at least trying they- to get you to the point of you know a sane cybersecurity plan, so to speak, or like a you know just knowing. At least then so. you'd know, right? Because at least yeah. then you know kind of what so get has in touch. been breached. So, all right. So I want to, I want to pivot because this is just depressing. Um, we've got another story. Uh, TransUnion was comp. Oh, God damn it. It's another depressing story. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this one bothers me because we don't know the scope of it. And I don't know how much you all have read about it, but you know, TransUnion, what they have access to is everything, right? Yeah. Um, we actually use TransUnion for uh, penetration tests at Black Hill. We have a legitimate account. I want to make that very clear. Um, we have a legitimate account with TransUnion, and we use that account to get personal information for highly targeted spear phishing engagements um, and, and, thing, and like red teams. We don't use it all that often, but it's something that we do have. And it's absolutely terrifying what you can get from like TransUnion. What is it? TLOXP, Ralph? Is that the one we have? Yeah, I think so. But it's absolutely horrific what you can actually get with that data. And the fact that we know that they're compromised, but the fact that they're not saying a damn thing, I don't know about you all, but that screams, this is bad. Yeah. Because it's kind of like an Equifax type thing, right? Most of the time, organizations that handle breaches appropriately, especially if it's a small breach, they try to get out in front of it right away. And this one, it doesn't seem that they're trying to get out in front of it. It's kind of like they're, it seems to me that they're basically trying to hope the story goes away. They're boiling the frog slowly, right? Release some information that there was a breach, maybe release a few tidbits of information. And then when you finally release the full extent of the breach, people will be sick of it and it won't get as much publicity. I don't know if that works out because that's what Equifax tried to do. They tried to release all of the data whenever the hurricane hit Houston at that time. But the fact that we're not getting information out all out of them 
scares the hell out of me. And I don't know what your take on this is. Bro. Did anyone get it? Please, if, if you're if you got an email on November 7th that you were in this breach, please send us a message or, you know, <laughs> let me know, because I haven't heard of anyone that was in this, but it had to be real. I mean, they like filed it with the state and I don't know, like it. I don't Who knows? We have no idea how many people are affected or what. But like you said, they have access to everyone. So everyone. I don't know. I guess I was supposed to get an email by now if I was in it, but yeah. you've been changed your email. credit monitoring. You're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the scariest thing is that we don't know how wide this breach was. Was it very localized? Right. Is it right. a small subset of data? Is it a large subset of data? And that's what really scares me on it. If if we knew how large of a breach it was, that would be one thing. Then we could say, okay, yeah, this is really bad. It's really bad because we don't know. And not yep. knowing is just killing us. Well, yeah. and the other thing is, the, the the thing that we've got to kind of keep in mind is it's possible that TransUnion doesn't know either. Yes, that that's and that's exactly what I was going to say is when the Equifax breach happened, when a lot of these major breaches happened. One, John, you're 100 percent right. They have everything. And for folks who are listening who maybe don't know, because I find when I bring this up with with students in the school, they don't know. TransUnion, Equifax, uh, Experian, these are credit bureaus, but they store way more information than just your credit history. And even that is unbelievably complex in the data that they keep. So these folks, when they have a breach, there's a possibility that your work history, all the places you've lived, negative credit reports, positive credit reports, the, uh, your school's edu- the education you got, school, all of it, they have all of it. And, well, and, yeah. and, every and it isn't even, it isn't so even going through this. What's that, Bronwyn? It isn't even all accurate. Right. No, no. But it, when you get when you go swimming in it, you find out it is pretty pretty damn close. So the stuff that you get with TransUnion is you will get your first, middle, last name. You will get your social security number. You'll get your date of birth, your current address, every address that you've lived at, all of your family members. So that includes your 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 like spouse if you have one, your children if you have them, your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad, your grandparents. You will get every single loan that you have taken out and what that loan was for. So you'll get a loan on like listing of all the loans for all your vehicles. You will get the VIN numbers for the vehicles. You will get the license plate numbers for the vehicles. You will get all of the houses that you have uh, owned. What was the purchase price for every single one of those houses? You will get criminal records and we find that criminal records are a bit sketchy. Oh, if your car is in there and the license plate is in there, you can go from the license plate information and you can actually track all of the red light cameras, all of the parking garages, any cameras that have are, that are in cities where they share this information with data right. brokers and they sell it, you will be able to get a pattern of life of where that actually is, the email addresses, and it's it's absolutely horrific what you can actually get with this data. It is literally absolutely everything. Um, I remember I was working with a with a family that was a family owned business, um, and they were relatively wealthy. And one of the questions that they asked is, how quickly could I break into one of their bank accounts? And one of the uncles that was in the room of one of the founders, uh, he basically said, do me. And it was like a small room, just family members. Everyone agreed. They signed all the paperwork. And with the information that I was able to get, I was able to get into his bank accounts probably less than 15 minutes. So this is terrifying what they actually have. Uh, just, Just to make it clear, if attackers were able to get access to that data at some large scale, there's, there's big issues with it. It is literally everything. But once again, what the hell? We don't know. It could be a handful of records. It could be every single record. It could be they honestly don't know the extent. Like, well, we I just don't know. 
I think that's the thing, John. That's the other thing is they they're they're holding off because they don't know the extent. And I've been on the other side of the table at big corporations where the lawyers will tell you we do not say anything that we don't legally have to say until we are positive down to so, the tiny it, detail of what we Ooh, I'm going to come back to that. Go ahead. In, Somebody in, else is going to say something. In, in this case, it says the breach resulted in name, social security numbers, financial account numbers, driver's license numbers. So that's what they put in the breach filing. I'm going to assume their lawyers made sure that they had some, because they can get sued if that's inaccurate. So I'm assuming that's like somewhat accurate. Um, yeah. That they have never said anything about the number of records. And John's right that they do have everything. And they're just saying like, here's what we lost. But they could just be like, well, there's a risk we get sued by like the three people that had their full account details <laughs> and, and not this. Like that's the that's their decision to make. But that was what was in the filing. No, and that's exactly where I was going with that is that they can put in the data elements that they know were accessed, but they might still be scouring through to say, did the attackers actually get across systems or across some sort of segmented boundary that would give them access to these other pieces? or more specifically, other accounts with these same data sets. And let's be honest, a lot of large-scale enterprises, and I would hope that TransUnion was better, a lot of large-scale enterprises, they don't have that level of fidelity and that level of logging. They just don't. That's why I think it's Uh, taken so long. Yeah. yeah. And let's also understand that when you're looking at, even if they do have logging, right? Let's talk about other organizations, like what can you learn from this? If you're looking at, well, we have application-level logging. If somebody comes in through the application, we can track what they did. Great. What happens if the attackers get access to root on the server and they copy off the database? Would you be able to detect that? And a lot of organizations don't even have that capability at all. All right. Well, that was depressing. Hey, let's Again. talk about something. Let's talk Did about this one's not fun. depressing. Oh, you got right? something else, Ralph? Oh no, no, I I didn't. I was just saying it was depressing. Again. <laughs> Again. Totally, totally yeah. happy. Lake's worried. Well, wait. Uh, this... Car warranties are going to come more frequently now. Yeah. Cars. Actually, Blake, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Can oh, you yes. uh, can you dial into the show? It's five 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 one two three four. Just do, kidding. Do we want to even uh, touch the thing that is FTX, or do? No, 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 no. We're talking about someone getting arrested because it makes us feel good. Uh, yeah, we're okay. gonna we're gonna take a breather. <laughs> we're gonna talk we're gonna about a, a lockbit. A lockbit operator being arrested in Canada by the Mounties. Some say they rode their horses into his house. I heard oh, that would be awesome. That, that, would, that would have been awesome. So they seized not, eight big. computers, 38, 32 external hard drives, two firearms, and $400,000 of cryptocurrency uh, from the suspect's home. And was- it's weird. Right after that, they said it's one of the high-value targets. He's known for trying to extort victims between 5 and $70 million. So he's got other money elsewhere. I... I like to use this as a little bit of, hey, they got one. Yeah. So um, it was a two-year investigation. He, he is considered like a, a middleman, I guess, right? Oh, uh, he's God. a dual Canadian-Russian citizen, uh, and he has obviously connections to it. They're trying to extradite him back to the United <laughs> States and uh, from Canada. Uh, but yeah, it was a two-year investigation uh, just to kind of connect him to this whole thing. So yeah. So they, MC, they, okay, wait. The, the MC charges- asked a question. I, I got it. We got to talk about this. MC said, wait, Russians live in Canada? Yes. They're <laughs> what exactly? <laughs> now, normally, if I was running a ransomware gang, I would live in Russia. That yeah. would be what I would be. Can you think of any good reason why ransomware operators who probably tend to statistically lean to being male would be leaving Russia? Ooh, and, absolutely no clue. No clue. No clue, no clue. No clue whatsoever. 
So they were waiting two years for this war. That's what. Uh, do do I risk yeah. the extradition? Do I risk? Do I risk getting arrested, or do I risk having to be on the front lines? That mm. so I'd rather be in a Canadian can prison. Tick. Are we going to see an uptick in these arrests in these groups? Uh, I wonder. Maybe. I would oh, guess. Well, we he can't get him in Canada. He's in Russia. Oh wait, no, no, he's not in Russia anymore. By the I, way, I think. That's how they Go catch ahead. them all the time, including the LinkedIn, all the stuff, all these stuff in the past. They catch them as soon as they leave Russia. Like they know who they are and they're just waiting. They're just like, please, God, please just leave one. Buy time. a flight. Just buy a yes, flight. One flight. Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, it's it, like Ian said, I think or, um, I'm just going to put words in Ian's mouth here and say that we can say that ransomware arrests are going up. Yeah. It might not be in the QP report. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's that's a, I guess that's the feel good story of the oh. day. Is that, is wait, that wait, 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 wait. Okay. Two two things I want to say. One, they were charged with what was it, conspiracy to transmit ransom demands? <laughs> what? Mm. <laughs> and intentionally damage. His maximum fine is only five years, which is probably uh, like better again canadian it's prison canadian five years prison. yeah canadian prison five years canadian prison is probably nicer than certain streets where i live but um <laughs> i'm just gonna go yeah and the other thing is 32 external hard drives like dude do you know how to do build you, a server yes it's no. not that hard no. it's not that 32 external hard drives you have a problem i i wonder if they counted usb sticks i i do wonder if oh probably all usb sticks if they did but even still why would you have that many usb sticks <laughs> Oh, why you would have that many external hard drives? I just you know you could probably back it all up online. Just yeah. put it in the what's Google on Cloud. This, what's on this hard drive? Eh? I don't a? know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Captured anyway. What's this flash yeah. over here? Eh? You know, yeah. yeah, USB sticks are nearly free, especially if you're at a security conference. Oh, all right, back yeah. to a depressing story. Who's next? Angel <laughs> D though. Angel D said, "I thought there was a picture from the girlfriend published on social media that led them to the guy." And that was that was what I read too. But that's all. That's also something that's very common, right? The other thing that I think is funny is his girlfriend in Canada is what got him arrested. Mm. Like, no, seriously, she she lives in Canada. Uh, Wait, Canadian <laughs> girlfriends are real? I thought they just went yeah. to another school. No idea, right? Well, he did have dual citizenship, Canadian yeah. and Russian. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but he's not in Russia for some crazy reason. I have no idea right now. It seems like a great place to be. Seems to be a place to be. I heard yeah. that Russia is the promised land. Promise. We should all be going there's, to. There's the promise. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Hoax Paragon. There are no hot singles in your area. <laughs> <laughs> women in Moscow right now. They're like, there's no one to swipe. Where? Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're making the Canada joke where it's like frigid singles and parkas in your area. <laughs> Igloos in your area. Igloos in your area. All right. Let's talk about FTX because that's something I've been watching from a long distance. I don't know a lot about it. Uh, Ralph, oh, Corey, God. can you bring us up to speed? Because uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it seems bad. It's a, dumpster, <laughs> it's a dumpster fire, right? So, okay, here's here's all you need to know. Everything, like, if you're the person who's been, like, sitting at home being like, crypto sucks, they're going to get hacked, they're, they're all, it's all fake, it's all smoke and mirrors, made up numbers, NFTs suck, I, I saved the JPEG. This story is for you. Everything that they, <laughs> everything that they shouldn't have done, they did it. Everything did that it. shouldn't be possible, they did it. They it did of it. course, it's crypto bros abound. It's It's, it's bad. It's, it's everything bad. It's everything bad. This is like everything that everyone would warn you about crypto <laughs> literally happened right here. 
on top of like just it was like, oh, it can't get any worse. And then they're like, oh, and they got hacked as well. I'm like, how is this all happening at one time? <laughs> like they're just like going down the dartboard of everything that's bad happening in crypto at one. OK, point. walk but, us but, through, though. Walk okay, us through wait, because okay. there's some of us that don't know. So Go help ahead. us out. All right. So uh, what was it last week sometime? Um, so, I mean, you, the dates are shaky right now, but it, it all right. So within the last week, all right, uh, FTX is like having some liquidity problems. All right. So that was kind of like the first hint. All right. And during this moment, they uh, the founder CEO went out to, I guess, Binance. It was like, you know, this was kind of not very public, but this is kind of how it came out. Uh, asked Binance if they would want it to buy FTX. Binance made a, um, Binance is another exchange. FTX is like the fourth largest crypto exchange. Binance, I think is number two or three. Um, Binance made a non-binding commitment to go ahead and purchase FTX. Now, the reason that this all happened literally overnight and it was announced via Twitter is because FTX had a liquidity crunch and Binance was, was like, all right, we'll help you out because in the end, technically it was going to help Binance as well because not just because they would get bigger, but also the crypto market wouldn't take a crash. Well, Binance looked at the books and they found two things. One, it was bad. And two, there was also a um, supposedly a federal investigation into this already ongoing, right? So then Binance was like, we're out. We can't do this. As soon as that happened, the real squeeze came. So what we don't have all the facts, but the general gist is that FTX was trading um, funds that had been used for just a normal trades on an exchange. They had been trading those on margin, like giving people loans, right? On that to trade on margin. In short, they didn't have the money that it said in your account. It'd be like going to your bank and it says you have a thousand dollars, but they actually only have like 500 bucks. Typically, something like the FDIC would come in place and be like, all right, well, we're going to cover the bet. Well, there's no one to cover the bet. So as soon as Binance is like, we're not going to save you, and everyone already had this inclination that they couldn't cover the bets, everyone sold everything, right? They tried to get all their money back. Well, it's a, yeah. Yeah. It's I, a combination of all the worst. It's all the worst things you can do in traditional finance combined yeah. with a bunch of other bad cryptocurrency well, stuff. All I of want, this is Ralph, happening. What's up? Ralph, I want you... <laughs> to describe exactly what you did, but we're going to do it big short style. We're going to put you in a bubble bath, okay? You're going to be drinking champagne while you describe this to people. Can you at least be petting a cat or something to make yes. us feel better? But, all right, so that was bad. This is all bad. Like the, they, oh, God, they filed worse, chapter 11, right? And they're like, okay, file chapter 11. This is, this is bad. Pull and the plug. The next day, they're like, we're getting hacked. So the, they're literally their app is like, uh, I'm not sure if it was the US version or the, um, the non-US version. It's literally money's just disappearing, okay? Now, we don't know if it was an actual like hacker. Wait, or wait, 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 hold on, funds. hold on, hold on. Money's disappearing how? It's on the blockchain, Yes, right? on the blockchain, they're watching tons of money disappear. You right? should be able to see it going to those wallets, right? Yes. Yes. So yes. they're literally, literally watching that shit just go away yes. in real yes. time. Everybody is like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like a blank. It's not like TransUnion where they're like, maybe we got hacked. Maybe we didn't. Maybe no, they got no, your no. data. Maybe they didn't. It's like, yes. oh shit. No, it's literally leaving and everybody can watch it. 
right? So, oh, and we've we've even seen like I don't know about this case, but there have been times where like the attackers are negotiating on the blockchain as they're stealing the money. Like, no they're way, they're, really? They're posting like like people will be sending them messages it to uh, blockchain transactions to be like, hey, can I just have some money? I'm I really use it to, so I could eat. Like they're actually messaging the attackers, oh, being like, but, hey, can I have some of your stolen funds? <laughs> hold on, Corey, but there's more. So they're supposedly wait, getting hacked, right? And so the <laughs> so hold on the. CEO, he's bailed. He's like quit, right? And they're like, oh, okay, you know, he's out. He's, he's out in his golden parachute right. floating. I love how that whole thing you're just glossing over. No, you're no, like, no, hold on, hold CEO, on. This is, he We're, quit. It's like, there's a story there, Ralph. He quit. And then they're like, there's people watching him with flight trackers. They're like, he's going to like Bermuda. He's like, he's getting out of the country. <laughs> Let me so, guess. They're based out of Miami. Yeah, this happened know, yeah, in probably. this happened in 2008 too. We just didn't get to see it in real time. Yes. So, <laughs> so he leaves. I think he. I don't know what country he goes to. And everyone's like, "Are you fleeting?" At, at the Bahamas. I think they literally arrest him in the Bahamas, detain him in the Bahamas, so that he doesn't run with this whole thing, dude. It is nuts. So Who knows? What you're telling me is now is a good time to invest in cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that is- <laughs> Bitcoin also, took a big hit. Bitcoin I'm not took joking. a huge hit. Everything took a huge hit. I'm not hit. joking. Seriously, yeah. it sounds like everything's going to be in the toilet. Like, everything took a that. huge hit. It is it, literally, I was, during the four days maybe that it took to do all of this, I'm like, this is a whole Netflix series right here. They nailed it. They got it. Yeah. They just wrote the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So yeah, where, that's, where the hell does this end up? Because there's more downstream badness coming, right? Like this is this is bad enough that they go down. It's going to take other things down with them, right? Like yeah. other exchanges, yeah. maybe. What 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 else might be going down here? This yeah, I mean, it kind of has far-reaching pieces, especially to like the whole. So uh, there was an. It's kind of like the whole crypto bros thing, and like these people who are just kind of like making bets on this whole market and playing with fun money and. Another uh, chain called Solana um, also was kind of involved with FTX. Well, that involvement tanked Solana 70% because oh, no. they're like, dude, it is unbelievable. But yes, overall, the market is taking a real tight squeeze because there's been billions of dollars that have kind of either disappeared or just uncertainty in the market always creates a crash, right? I remember, um, yeah, remember the whole thing where crypto is decentralized and open and free? Yeah. Well, yeah. that also means that none of this has been, you can't stop it. You can't stop yeah. trading. You can't stop theft. You can't like, you can't just be like NASDAQ, no more transactions. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going to, the, the music keeps playing no matter so, what happens. So, yeah. And I mean, the big, the big story here, and this goes all the way back to um, the Mount Gox days. If anybody remembers that uh, something very similar happened. Uh, I don't think he took a plane to, uh, he was in Japan, but um, he didn't anyhow. have a plane. The, the big the big kind of like takeaway from that was don't leave your money on an exchange, right? Because yeah. what happened was well, is when the squeeze came, meaning that people lost trust that that number on there wasn't really there, um, they couldn't get it any back, could get, couldn't get that money back. And so, um, you know, that's really that, the big thing. Isn't that the big lesson to learn here, right? Like if you look at everything good about crypto, as soon yeah. as you start doing it on an exchange, you've literally undermined like 90% of what's cool about crypto. Like- it just, it just seems. So weird I mean, people me. were trading, right? So that's why they would have money on the exchange, so they could make these trades to try to make, uh, you know, profit. But, um, you know, the general statement is don't leave large sums of money on an exchange or trust that to an exchange because when something like this happens, you could be out all of it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So and, I've, and, I've already seen some. Like, I, I listen to a lot of like radio show like 
Pac things and all kinds of different things on the political spectrum, which I don't ever want to get into on this show. But it's amazing to me, like as soon as this happens, a bunch of them are literally using it to sell gold. Cause you know, like all these different mm-hmm. like talking heads in the politics space are constantly trying to sell you on gold, like, which is insane. I'll come back to that. But they're like, due to the recent instability in crypto, it just shows that the only place where you can invest your money is rock oh solid gold. <laughs> and it always like in the back of my head, I'm always thinking it's like, here's this group, here's this company, give us your worthless money and mm-hmm. we'll give you gold. Like, are they getting that out of the kindness of their own heart? Like if, I don't know, but at any rate, but no. Yeah, then someday. jump on that already. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess like if anyone's interested in cryptocurrency at all, definitely check out the CoinSec podcast. It's me, Ralph, Bo, and Steve. Um, We're probably going to do a deep dive on FTX this week because it's just kind of such a brain wreck. Yeah. Usually it's on Fridays. I don't think we've scheduled the show yet, but it'll be coming across. We'll do a deep dive on it. So yeah. So Ben just brought up a great point. Ben said the problem is that most people aren't savvy enough to handle it without an exchange. And if only the people that have that know enough to pull it out of the exchange, there aren't enough people that that have that that have those skills. And I agree with that. Right. Um, I do agree with Ben. But, you know, you need to make it easier. But still, look at all of the awesome crap that you can get out of crypto. It immediately goes out the window. Yeah. As soon as you start signing it up. So and crazy. I think the last thing that ended up happening is a lot of other companies started to be like, "Well, do you guys have all? Are, are you are you solvent? Are you solvent too? And like Binance and like Coinbase and other stuff like that, right? Like, can we see your books because this dude is screwing us? And he went to the Bahamas with all our money, right? So yeah, yeah. No, I, I will say to be honest, based on the amount of attention this has gotten, and based on like the the hacked money might not be returned, but I would say the people, the liquidity stuff will probably be somehow through the this insurance or other like corporate vehicles i would guess so, the funds will eventually be re, re like you'll probably get your money back i would guess all right but. so I've, but i've got a question about all of this all right okay so i can understand if i let's say it was a bank right and i put my money in a bank and then that that bank takes my money and reinvests it someplace else and then it gets over leveraged and it goes out of business i mean we saw that happen in 2008 right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. The thing I can't understand is you're going through an exchange and you still have your wallet and everything up in that exchange. So like FTX had access to everyone's wallets to pull money and do other investments with it. Like it seems to me like the exchange should just be a place for you to store your wallets and do the transfer. So it's their wallet. Their wallet. It's their wallet. You just have access. You're giving your money to their wallet Mm -hmm. for safekeeping. Yes. yes, just like a bank. That's effing stupid. It's exactly like a bank, and I mean, it just—it basically is going to come down to. It's basically like a Ponzi scheme. It's like a Madoff scenario. Yeah. It's yes. going to come down to the funds that were misused. How are they misused, and can it be recouped? Can it be? Yeah, you know, if it's Madoff, how many can you sell off his yacht? How much does that get you? And then give that to the people. Like, you know what I mean? That's basically where it comes down to. Is like, how did this dude spend the money? Obviously, he's got, a, he's got a private jet. If we sell that off, how much does that give us? It's that's what the feds are going to do. So we'll see. I don't know. A sloth boy put in. I saw a tweet the other day that said crypto exchanges are to be like real banks by committing fraud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's very accurate. 
I, I also uh, like uh, drops drops families gardens. Uh, was it don't invest in tulips? Which man, that's a deep. That's a deep cut. cut dude. That yeah, is a deep cut. Salt so. was another one. There's been plenty, plenty of booms, plenty of bust. Right, durable currency is something interesting, which brings up what John was talking about, which is gold, a whole other other thing, right? Well, okay, their- gold. Here's my theory with gold. Someday Bezos is going to find some ast- asteroid or something that's just like 90% gold, and then gold is going to mine the hell out of it. <laughs> that's what I'm, That's my theory. I don't know if it's, it's not backed up by any science or anything. but No that- science on the show. Nothing is safe. Or like John will just find a, you know, huge uh, gold mine in his backyard. I've got a gold mine. I've told you. I've got a gold mine. (laughs) Wow. No, I'm not joking. We've got a mine shaft. There's gold in them hills. I'm going to get the biggest nugget in these black hills. There's gold. You you talk about it, but the funniest thing about the mine is it was actually a Ponzi scheme. Uh, so Always did. I'm not joking. You mean it, it was, was, was it FTX? Was it? Uh, very no, similar. No. So the way it worked was like uh, the producers. So the guy had this idea that when the gold mines were exploding in the Black Hills, he was going to set up a gold mine that my property is on. So he sets up a gold mine, puts some money in, starts getting it, pulls some gold out of that mine, and then proceeds to go out to like the east and west coast and shows people the gold. And he's like, you should buy stock in this mine. And it turns into this monster Ponzi scheme where he oversells the mine like crazy. He fully expects to give himself a huge salary, go out of business and say the mine is bust and then everybody loses all their money, but he made a lot of money as a salary. Problem that he ran into is the mine started making money and he had to pay out. (laughs) And once the mine started pulling out gold and it started making money, all of the people were like, wait a minute, I own a percentage in that. I own a percentage in it. I own a, and they found out it was completely oversold, turned into this monster lawsuit. The guy, I'm not making this up, the guy that founded the mine effing disappears. Like no one knows where he went. Like he went to Mexico or he's in the bottom of some other mine shop around here. I don't, I don't he's know. He's actually buried on your property, John. Yes, buried yeah. somewhere on our property. So we joke about FTX. It's like there's a crap ton of parallels yeah, behind yeah, yeah. that and what happened here. It's- and ultimately, what did the mine in is 1972, a bunch of high schoolers partied and burnt the entire mine to the ground, which I fully expect the exact same damn thing to happen to a lot of other crypto exchanges. <laughs> in the yeah, that's that's like we were flying, like- but a bunch of hackers broke into it and like yes. burned it to the ground. Like- have you there have you, you looked at the kind of background of FTX? Is that not what happened? A bunch of like MIT <laughs> the, the dude bros let's, yeah. thing. Let's like, not give him too much credit. I doubt it was MIT here. This is crypto bros here. Creed is MIT graduate, from what I read. No. Never underestimate the potential for teenagers to wreck total havoc. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, that's enough. true. The, the one thing I, I, I've got a really good friend. I just want to throw this out there. He's super young. Like I think he's now 18. Um, but he finished high school when he was 15 and he started working with a bunch of web 3.0 people and a bunch of like crypto people doing amazing stuff. The kid is wicked, wicked sharp and a super nice kid. But I remember I was sitting and I was talking with him and his dad. We were uh, having lunch, I think. And he's like, one of the things that makes me really uncomfortable is I'm like 17 years old and they're having me write code that's going to be used for billions of dollars. And his dad and I were both like, yes, that's generally a bad sign. <laughs> <In the grand side. laughs> Probably shouldn't work out that way. Milk it for all it's worth. Ride that chain train as long as you can and sell out early. So I'm, I'm looking at Sam Bankman Freed's uh, Wikipedia page, and it says oh, he's here we- from Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Oh, but- he's MIT. 
Yeah, he's MIT, and his dad. Oh, was all right, well, take my words. I, I'm there totally yeah. there but, well, I only read that recently, but the only reason I really wanted to bring that up was the best part of the story that you better talk about in the Quintech podcast, which is the Excel spreadsheet that broke everything down, billions <laughs> of dollars, and there's a single line that he wrote, there were many things I wished I had done differently than I had done <laughs> <laughs> in the financial. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in politics here just a little bit, but I thought the same thing whenever they're doing the investigation of like the Donald Trump empire and his Weissenberg, his accountant. They literally had a spreadsheet that like documented mm. all of the illegal kickbacks to the employees. I'm just like, why? Hey, why would why would you why would hey, you do that when you're like, committing crimes? You got to write them down. You know what I mean? They were tax deductible. Those those the crimes were tax deductible. They got Al Capone with that too. It's I like, know. oh, yeah. here we got him. Oh, tax fraud right here in his accounting mm -hmm. records. It said tax fraud. It's like a line. He's going to prison. It's it's insane. Can we uh, have like a new? You know how there's racketeering? It's just for like general gang activities. Can we have like crypto racketeering? It's just like, yeah, we don't know what we were doing. We can't explain it, but like smart contracts. Racket like it's just bad crypto stuff. Bad crypto stuff. <laughs> so can we crypto? Uh, crypto. Can, can we, we talk? talk yeah, I got, I got another one. I got another one. This is a short one, but it's a good one. Go go go! All right, so uh, Microsoft's patch Tuesday, right? Uh, there was sixty-eight vulnerabilities that were patched. Six of them were being actively exploited. Almost all of them are like tens here, but most of it is in surprise, surprise, Microsoft Exchange server. There was three CVEs in Microsoft Exchange for Server, uh, Windows, Print Spooler, all kinds of fun stuff in here. I know this is one of those like, hey, we'll go patch your stuff, right? I don't know. I think this is just another advertisement. Another record-breaking patch. <laughs> I, so I was, at that, I was at that MSP conference down in Florida, and there was a conversation. I made a joke. I was in a group of people. And I made a joke about, yeah, it's like companies that still want to run their own on-prem exchange servers. And I'm like, ha, 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 I don't do ha. that. And I literally <laughs> had some people that were like, wait a minute, is it bad to be running on-prem uh, exchange? Please elaborate. Uh, you're uh, like, oh, now you can oh, point to this. Just no, point to this. Be like, God. okay, there's been lots oh, of vulnerabilities oh. over the years, but this one was eight of them in one patch, <laughs> <laughs> all exploited <laughs> in the wild. <laughs> like, this is and one also, Tuesday. Who was it? Was it Gossy the dog that walked through him patching his, uh, yeah. his exchange server? Yeah, it was. And it was like like eight hours to yeah. patch Massively it. painful. Yes. Have you, oh, have you seen like the patch painful. repo? Because it's like one, it's like SP1 and then there's like a patch two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And they're all sequential. Like they're not roll-ups. So like- Save like, billions of dollars in MSP charges by ditching your exchange server now. Yeah, right now. Oh, oh, anyways, patch hey. systems, Microsoft. Thank you. So or just disable them. the dog, and we've got to talk about Twitter, folks. I am so sorry. Oh. Once again. We kind of talked about it last week a little bit. It, uh, it, it doesn't get any better. That is another story too. It's like FTX and Twitter are trying to decide who's going to be the bigger dumpster fire, right? And I, I think my FTX dear. is winning right now. FTX is winning, but I don't know. We still got an underdog. I will <laughs> say the era, the era of fake verified tweets has just been the most entertaining era. It has been. It's actually made Twitter better. <laughs> it's, like somehow it's, it's like an amazing. enjoyable dumpster fire. Like you want to get marshmallows and chocolate. The one that, the one, okay, the it's, one that gets me the best is like the people that are like selling company stocks because of a fake guarantee. Oh, dude, dude okay, the oh insulin. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. The insulin one is folks, so folks, funny. Folks, Ian claimed this country first before the show started. 
we have to talk about liability oh. and what that is and you know who they fired so ian you want to talk about who elon fired like and why that has like because this well, is all funny right fired. Like fake Start Eli Lilly tweeting out that insulin's free. That actually caused their stock to take a dump. And <laughs> there's going to be consequences. So Ian, you want to yeah. kind of walk us through because this is this is bad. Sure. So I, I, I've been following this fairly closely, as, as I think we all have. And Elon's come in and he's just started firing people with with, you know, none of us that I know of are on the inside. But it, things like, hey, show me, show me uh, fifty pages of code you've written re- recently. Yeah, print it out. Print it. Does yeah, print it out. Print it out. Yes, yeah. like things like that that are just absolutely insane. And as we looked at those blue verified check marks, as as uh, they'd say, hey, it's going to cost you eight bucks. Literally, troves, hundreds, thousands of of security and IT professionals saying, hey, this is kind of a bad idea. You shouldn't do this, and they just march forward. What we immediately started seeing was people just creating accounts for Lockheed Martin, Eli Lilly, whatnot, and tweeting. And what they either did realize or didn't realize, either way, it's hysterical, fast flux trading bots monitor Twitter. Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't even think about that. Oh, That's that's exactly what happened. It wasn't a bunch of people going fake tweet. It was fast flux trading bots that are like oh this looks like a verified account if you yeah if you put is verified oh, true as a filter no. for your trading bot you screwed up you yeah. screwed yeah it could have cost you billions no. yeah. that was a function that you should have defined more parameters for that one right, right. so so all those socks immediately start tanking while people are going what's going on and then other traders start looking and then Eli Lilly's got to go through and and determine do damage control damage control did how much did it actually cost us will the stock rebound you know what all that good stuff take that a step further which is my uh, if there is a favorite part of this this dumpster fire at elon scale Mm. if there is a favorite part for me it is the they came in and fired a bunch of the security teams right just a bunch of them right now not all because there's a bunch of people said oh they didn't fire everybody no but they fired six specific people all with, of them all yes yeah, so, <laughs> they didn't leave like an arm or anything um but they fought yeah they fired six specific people which was the entirety of the team that upheld data privacy and the ftc consent decrees now for those not familiar the federal trade commission is the big federal organization that when you cross state lines doing business they regulate it right they're already under an FTC consent decree about how they handled data privacy. To take that team and fire them is a level of banana pants I cannot even begin to explain. It is like poking the federal government and saying, yeah, you think you're tough? Yeah, look, I'm going to fire everybody. And they're going, oh, that's neat. <laughs> they're, they're already angry. And the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, already doesn't like the guy they've already put him on several different warnings and whatnot and personally he's on a payment plan he's yeah, on a payment plan pretty much. <laughs> personally my feeling on it is the only reason they let him get away with the stuff that happened with tesla and spacex when he was being crazy was because he was already launching military payloads for spacex that that is my personal gut feeling hunch but the whole twitter thing that's uh, 
see i, I like alex is gonna want blood and that's what makes this different yeah there, there's what you saying yeah. is eli Lilly is going to own twitter here shortly <laughs> got it that's not a bad thing at all i uh, have to highlight this comment from alex minster that says i still think elon has to lose 44 million quickly without saying why with nothing to show for it in order to satisfy some deal with the devil or whatever <laughs> it's 44 billion wait actually just a, just wait a minute. correction what is, that's brewster's <laughs> Holy crap, Alex! That is a Brewster's Millions reference. Is that I, I, what it well is? Well played, so good. Yeah. Elon's well billions. Played. Elon's billions. Elon's billions. Yeah. Elon's billions. Yeah. That's gonna be all the ne- next Netflix. 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 They're working on it. He's got to lose forty-four it? billion to gain four hundred billion in like stolen emerald mines. His father left. Oh, <laughs> it all makes sense. No, it's, it it's four hundred billion sense. in lithium. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, yeah. It's in lithium for Tesla, yeah. Lithium yeah. that's been mined by children in third world countries with their bare hands. I almost feel like he's that. on a speed run, piss off everyone at once, like world record. That like way. He, he's doing a good job. Like he's got that down. Yeah. If that were true, I'd almost respect him in this begrudging way. It's like he's I'm good a, at I'm it. Like, oh, I mean, I don't When he decides that. to take the reins, he's good at making people mad. He does yeah. it. So did you see what was it today? He was talking about Twitter being slow for some stupid reason. And some guy popped up and he was like, I yeah. am the one responsible for that application. And that's bullshit. <laughs> and like, like later on in the day, Elon responded back with he's fired now. Yep. That's way oh. to go. Way to go. That's just stupidity all the way down. And you definitely I've fire been... in public and, um, you know, promote. You should do quiet. that. You should do that. Great it's, idea. it's like a non-stop that, train wreck of here, hold my beer. Oh yeah. My well, he was, he was saying that he's... he was going to cut out a bunch of the uh, smaller apps that are running in the background, the microblogging yeah, stuff, microservices, and yeah. the microservices. And I'm literally right now just taking a look at somebody at people on Twitter saying that the uh, two factor is shot right now. Do not right log into your down. Twitter accounts. Yeah, it's down because that's a good saving money. Timmy, Tim J, I think I, I, out of all the crazy, stupid conspiracy things, I like this one the best. My conspiracy theory, he's doing what the founder wanted to do, but couldn't kill twitter <laughs> <laughs> i will say like pe- the whole concept that like a free speech platform is good is so silly like has anyone ever been to like 4chan or anywhere oh, yeah, else there's plenty of them out there they are like dumpster all fires. any anything that's like a free speech platform is a freaking dumpster fire like, it's just people <laughs> posting horrible things all the time oh, because there's no consequences free speech like a completely truly and utterly open no free one speech. no one. not on the, the internet platforms. you don't want it on the internet yes <laughs> even no, on those no, no, platforms that have gone crazy like the ones Corey's talking about guess what they have moderators in that's, they do that is where they they tried and it got so bad they were like we can't we, we gotta do something well, man i saw an article that was interesting they said that that what twitter sells isn't a platform for communication it isn't a free speech platform they sell content moderation so when you're a vendor, right. like you're an Eli yeah. Lilly, you're a Coca-Cola, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can invest in advertising with that platform with some level of assurances that this type of dumpster fire is not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. People aren't going to create fake accounts for your company and yeah. say that insulin is now $8 a shot. They're not going to like, like, like put a whole bunch of Nazi crap right next to a tweet that you put up. Like mm-hmm. That's what you are actually selling is the content moderation. And that is literally the thing that Elon Musk went into and is like, this thing, the most important thing, the thing that makes this valuable, yeah, F that. We yeah. don't need that anymore. Can, can that we out. also, months ago, 
No, no, I was going to say months ago, he was like, I'm not buying this. There's too much bots. What? Like, this is like, okay, screw the bots. This is like just just allowed people to impersonate anyone. (laughs) Elon found Uh, out the bots were the least of their problems. Oh, yes. Elon came into Twitter going, Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So well, let's talk about alternatives because that's what we're all about. The one that um, I'm trying out and I would like to get people's like comments on Discord and Twitch and LinkedIn and YouTube, God, we're everywhere, is Mastodon. I went to infosec.exchange uh, just because Mr. Bell does a very good job, but he does need help with some level of moderation. Yeah, um, And so far, I have found it to be a really nice balance of infosec news and puppy pics. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been on there for about five years since almost the start of infosec exchange, and it's been a fantastic place as an alternative for me. And but it's going to get hard. For, it's going to get hard it, for Jerry, though, over time, like moderation is going to become more difficult. He, he went ahead and he's got about seven or eight people that he's already picked up for moderation yeah. to help out with that. Where he's probably going to need some help is on the back end support for that moderation, changing usernames, helping out with some of the back end stuff on it all. Jerry is the new Elon. Jerry's the new Elon. God, I hope yeah. Not. yeah. Um, don't, don't, and we're going to try to get some of our nerd herders uh, from our Discord server to help out, hopefully. So if, if you're a nerd herder with our Discord server, uh, join the channel and talk to Jerry, so and then we'll do some verification on the back end. For, because- for everyone who doesn't know, so Mastodon is kind of like a federated Twitter. Okay, so yep. it's kind of Where like you can set up your of, own space. Yeah, there's a bunch a- of servers, right, that are that are their own islands, but they can communicate with each other. And you, like as your island, can decide what other communities you would uh, accept as a, a you know a tweet, and, right? And just or, like that, <laughs> boom, we've created Reddit, everybody. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done. Um, these servers are ran individually right so it's not like um there's not like a central company that's running this right everyone and it's all open source software so thanks twitter for making mastodon a thing now yeah so i can yep. just download a copy of the server and just take everyone's credentials just kidding <laughs> oh uh, oh i, I, hope I think not. i remember reading that they're up to over a million participants it's been, but i overall, heard that they were gaining a million have, a week yeah well but i think five hundred thousand of them have shown up since the Twitter debacle yeah, wow. began, yeah, it's a big motion. So, yeah. so a lot of migration is directly uh, a result of the but, Twitter dumpster fire. But I, but I can't quit Twitter completely. Like I gotta say, Twitter's <laughs> been more enjoyable now. Like it's been far more enjoyable because oh, well, you know, read only now, buddy. Just read only. I love give chaos. Me <laughs> I love chaos, and it's just chaos incarnate. Yeah. And it's you can't turn away from it. It's just it's I don't like know. Does it survive? That's my question. Disruption. You can't turn away from it. Mm. I can. You're probably better at that than I am. But does does Twitter does Twitter survive this? And I'm kind of leaning towards no. Um, <sighs> at this at rate, least, no. There's no way they could survive this much chaos in well, such and 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 and, and advertisers leave. Yes. Like, Yes. Why money. would you advertise on that platform unless you're like nihilistic Arby's, which you should be following, yes, by the way. Nihilistic Arby. Uh, no, I'm serious. It's one yeah. of the best ones out there. It's like but, all life is all life is meaningless. We will die in a cold heat death trillions of years into the future. But Arby's has hot beef sandwiches well, available. What I thought so, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was with eat Arby's. 
You know, what, <laughs> what I thought was Are funny you thinking that, of the meaningless void? You should be thinking of Arby's. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, what is it? Elon paid $44 billion, And what he paid for was all the people that were already on Twitter, right? Because Twitter's not actually like special. It's just that everyone's already there, right? So that's yep. what he paid for. And then immediately he's doing everything he can to get us all to want to go to something else, <laughs> <laughs> which is just crazy. Anyways. It's like he bought the well and now he's poisoning it. We have some people asking about the Sysmon privilege escalation. I know that there was news about it. Did Microsoft release details on that or specifically what versions? Because what they released last week was really bad. Like there wasn't a lot. It was like, by the way, there's a privilege escalation vulnerability and nothing about the versions, nothing about like exploitability or exploits in the wild. Does anybody know about that? I have not seen that. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing right there. I can't share details about it, but it's out there. It's like, okay. Somebody discovered you. it. Was it in Patch Tuesday? But that's I'm just looking. it. I don't think it was. Microsoft just said that they're aware and they're working on it. I don't think that they've released a patch or an update yet for it. Mm. Well, here's the here's question. Here's the question on it all. Microsoft itself doesn't maintain Sysmon. Only Mark Rusinovich does as part of his, his internal speech. But Mark Rusinovich gets his check from Microsoft. Yeah, so, but if yeah. he's doing the updates, it doesn't come out through Windows updates. It nope, doesn't. They just right. recently started doing updates through Windows Store. If you installed Sys internals through Windows Store, so this is going to be a manual patch for everybody as it is. Which it's easy. It's really, really, really easy. Like you just replace the Sysmon binary, and that's it. Um, now, some people are working on older versions of Sysmon, and the way their data schemas are set up, that that's easier said than done. Um, but usually when you're deploying this, it's relatively easy to update. But I, like I said, I'm scared because there's not a lot of details about this right now. Yeah, I'm just wondering if, if, if Mark is going ahead and actually getting some help to try and patch this one or if he's still trying to figure this one out on his own as to what the best way of patching You know as well as I do that Mark has a tendency of doing that. At some point, Microsoft needs to, well, let's not get into it. Right. I'm just going to go ahead and say if he's working with M- MSRC, Microsoft is involved. Otherwise, he would have dropped the patch and be yeah. done by now. All right. All right, folks. With that, that was cheery. Um, we're going to wrap <laughs> it up because there's so many wonderful things like more meetings that have to happen today. I love meeting. Oh, fun. Uh, meeting Monday. And we lost yeah. Wade, which kind of bums me out a little bit. But All right, everybody. Let's take us out. Bye, guys. This has just been a long ass day. I finally get a week off. I saw my schedule. I'm not training and I'm not traveling anywhere next week. And I was really excited about that. And then my wife pointed out that it's Thanksgiving. And as you know, <laughs> oh, that's why. <laughs>